This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. winning weekend and let's do this super bowl 58 is set chiefs 49ers just like i said back in september all right quiet down you animals hey next week we're headed to vegas for the big game i'll be on radio row with some of my ringer pals all sorts of fun stuff great guests i think there's even a plan to get a couple's massage with adele we'll see how that works out but this week to get you all fired up we've got three-time super bowl winner hall of famer the playmaker Michael Irvin joining us. He's got some ideas on how to fix our beloved Cowboys that don't involve hiring an exorcist. As far as picks go, last week was another downer for me. I went 0-2 betting the championship games. To be honest, I think I've confused the whole dry January thing, but there was someone who had an even worse regular season coming up. My friend Harry will find out what his cap of consequence punishment is for being such a horrific better. The rest of the D3 will be here as well to talk Super Bowl squares and we have some interesting ideas on who could be the next big two sports stars. So I'll try to make heads or tails over one of my favorite Super Bowl prop bets. But first, let's recap this week's big NFL headlines that both Swifties and non-Swifties can agree is a good time. It's cover four. All right, I have to say, having this week off is very strange. Throughout history, with a few exceptions, the NFL has made it so that there are two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl, mostly so that the players can recharge, but really because no one in their right mind wants football to end. So they're delaying the inevitable, and I'm one of those people. I'll be honest, a little piece of me dies when the season ends, my entire spleen to be exact. But I also get it that people hate the fact that we're interrupting the momentum of the playoffs. It's strange, right? It's like if just before announcing the winner of American Idol, Ryan Seacrest tossed to a two-week break. Imagine if we had to wait two weeks after Election Day to find out who was president. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Okay, bad example. But the bigger point is, what are we fans supposed to do with the extra time off? I get there's kind of football this weekend, but let's face it, the Pro Bowl has basically turned into the Manning brothers throwing footballs through a tire, trying to win a closet full of new quarter zip pullovers. The smart thing for me to do would be to get a jump on buying my wife a Valentine's Day present, but like Mike McCarthy, I am terrible at clock management. We need an actual game this week, so I have some ideas for the NFL. I hope they're listening. No more waiting around all summer to announce which team is doing hard knocks. Broncos versus Bears, loser on HBO next fall, and as an added stipulation, they also have to sign Antonio Brown to the practice squad. Or how about a loser leaves town game, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis, whoever comes up short plays all of their home games in London next season. Like the reverse Meghan Markle. 
At this point, I'd settle for the Panthers and Cardinals, and a loser is relegated to the UFL match. They're so close already. So once again, great solutions. I've solved our Super Bowl bye week problem, and because of this break, the league has an extra few days to thank me. Not asking for much, just seven mezzanine tickets sent to my Apple wallet. Hey guys, I don't know if you heard about this, but were you aware that one of the quarterbacks participating in this year's Super Bowl was the very last pick in his draft? What? Yes, it's true, babyface. I'm glad you're sitting down. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. The media never picked up on it. You have to be a true draft connoisseur to be able to dig that tidbit up. I'm kidding, of course. This is all anyone ever talks about. Way back in 2022, 31 teams passed on this passing phenom. There were 261 picks before Purdy finally got the call. And listen, like Brock, I'm sick of hearing about it, but let's stop to think about it just this last one time. The fact that this great talent was overlooked by almost everyone is pretty incredible. Similar to the time that outcast orphan with glasses in his rookie year went on to become the youngest Quidditch seeker at Hogwarts in over a century. Did I get that right, Mikey Meatballs? I have no idea. Okay, we'll fact check that later. But it's weird because it's not like Brock Purdy was a pity pick. He isn't a Nepo baby. The 49ers didn't draft him because he's a Montana. He's not even from Montana. Not that there's anything wrong with being a Nepo baby or even a Nepo cousin. Brockamania is 24-6 and six as a starter. He was an MVP candidate deep into the season. It's all insane. You know who should be irrelevant? All the NFL scouts and draft gurus that did Purdy dirty. Eight other quarterbacks were picked before Purdy was taken, and if you started any of them in fantasy, you'd be laughed out of your league. I'm sorry, but there needs to be some accountability for all these experts that got this so incredibly wrong. Let's start at the top with Mel Kuyper. Jr. I'm talking about, of course. Mel Kuyper Jr. should have to shave his head, and then, and only then, will this Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant crime be squared away. Mel, your hairpiece is on the clock. Cover three. All right, so last Sunday, immediately following Kansas City's upset win over the Ravens, the biggest focus across the Weberverse wasn't the great job defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola did against the MVP Lamar Jackson. It was more about the many millions of travel coordinators who figured out that Taylor Swift can, if she hustles, make it to the Super Bowl in time despite performing in Japan the night before. It's actually extraordinary the time people, mostly grown-up people, put in determining exactly when Tay-Tay has to leave to make it for kickoff. I saw dozens of tweets from Swifties laying it all out like they were planning a detailed bank heist. The only thing missing was Steve Kornacki weighing in with his big predictive video board. People were offering suggestions too, starting with the set list. Um, if she doesn't do Lavender Haze, she'll save six minutes. Um, if she goes through seven outfit changes instead of a dozen, she could tailgate with Donna and Brittany. If she forgets to apply the bright red lipstick, she could take her time getting through customs. And let's face it, she is part of the team now. Taylor Swift is basically the emotional strength and conditioning coach. I'm telling you, they are not starting this thing without her. If she's not at the game by kickoff, the NFL will stall by inundating us with drunk Budweiser frogs on a loop. And I, for one, don't mind that. All right, for those of you who are worried about the Chiefs and 49ers' ability to reserve a block of room Super Bowl week in Las Vegas on such short notice, fear not. The travel arrangements are complete in Sin City. 
kind of. It was announced earlier this week that both Kansas City and San Francisco aren't actually staying in Vegas where the game is being played, but rather 25 minutes away in Lake Las Vegas, which turns out is a choice. The coaches and owners don't want the players near any of the craziness that the Vegas Strip has to offer. A lot of people think this is smart and responsible. I think it sucks. The Super Bowl should encompass everything the host city has to offer, right? Super Bowl VI played outdoors in New Orleans, temperatures in the 30s. Super Bowl 48 in New Jersey, temperatures in the 40s. Just a couple of examples of when both teams had to brave the elements of the city. And weather is only one of the factors teams should have to contend with. If the game is in Las Vegas, the players and coaches should have to deal with the anguish of watching a blackjack dealer laugh as she pulls 21 on five cards. They should have to be subjected to undesirables on the street constantly handing them literature endorsing seedy nightclubs. And you know what? If Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk want to risk the temptation of botulism by sharing a 99-cent shrimp cocktail at the horseshoe in the middle of the night, so be it. The Super Bowl has already begun. The goings on during the two weeks off count towards the final score. Let's roll the dice a little and let the players stay where the action is. Last time I checked, the slogan was, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Not what happens in Vegas is confined to an embassy suites 25 miles outside of Vegas. All right, that does it for cover four. Now it's time for my irrationally angry attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's wager All right, we're a little more than a week out, and there are already so many Super Bowl props available. Our friends at Fandle have really done a bang-up job easing us into what's about to be a difficult stretch without football. Now, there's not enough time to go over all these props, but let's start at the beginning, literally, with the coin toss. As you know, the coin toss determines which team receives or defends to start the game. You all know that. This is what was used last year, a coin with both teams represented, but still a coin utilized in the most high-profile live event of the year, an event that boasts multi-million dollar ad spots, high-end production halftime shows, the two best teams, and $10,000 tickets if you want to watch them live. This year's game will have more CGI than the next four Marvel movies combined, and we're still using a coin to determine who gets the initial advantage. How boring to flip a coin in the 2020s. Let's spice things up a little. Have the head coaches compete in a 40-yard dash. Make the mascots play a game of pickleball. Do that stupid Dr. Pepper challenge where the owner's grandkids are tossing an underhand into a hole. Have a cross-eyed opossum walk over to the winning logo. Anything is better than flipping a coin. All right, you want to use a coin? Let's at least add some local flair. Chris Angel, famous Vegas magician. Let's watch as he swallows the coin, spits it out, and through osmosis or whatever, shoots it off a of Taylor Swift's cheek so that it ends up on one of the players' heads. That's the team that decides to kick or receive. Who says no? Nobody. That's the rager. Here's the wager. All right, let's get in on that coin toss if we must. I did some research, though. 57 previous Super Bowls, 27 heads, 30 tails. Tails came up last Super Bowl, and much like our guest last week, Cody Rhodes, it's going to be a repeat winner. I'm taking tails. Never fails except those 27 times I just told you about. It won last year. And what can I say? I believe momentum is a real thing in football. Hey, let's keep that momentum going. More prop bets in a minute with the D3. And then the playmaker, Michael Irvin, gives us a taste of what the week off leading up to the Super Bowl was like for him. Were he and the Cowboys up to no good? Not a chance. But I'll ask anyway. That's all next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. 
This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. We are gearing up for the Super Bowl, and I've got my own offensive line joining me, my very own perfect parlay of pals, the D3 brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's up, Sal? What's going on, buddy? I'm excited for the big game. I would have been so many in the past. What are they, 57 previously? I was wondering, guys, what are some of your favorite Super Bowl memories? Pauly Kid, which was your favorite Super Bowl? Sal, Super Bowl 12, our Dallas Cowboys against the Denver Broncos. Great color scheme matchup with the Cowboys in the white, Broncos mm. in the orange. Caught the attention of a young seven-year-old parlay kid. Developed my love for football. Cowboys win. And from there on, I've been a fan. So it's got to be Super Bowl 12, Dallas 27, Denver 10. That's beautiful. Was that the last time we won? No, we won another one somewhere in there <laughs> between. <laughs> no, actually, we definitely did. Because my favorite is 27, Cowboys, Bills. Uh, I was living in upstate New York, and I gave it to all the Buffalo fans. Shame on them. 52-17, Cowboys thrash. So that would be mine. Brian, what about you? You're a little younger. Well, you guys are lucky. I've never seen a, a Raiders Super Bowl here, but I'm, I'm going to go with the weird one. Super Bowl 43, Steelers versus Cardinals. That game pretty much had everything, Sal. It had the James Harrison interception right before the half. Your your friend there. Warner mm -hmm. and Fitzgerald were awesome. The Big Ben touchdown to Santonio Holmes to win the game. Uh, that was a crazy game, a weird game, but that's actually the most memorable for me. That was a good one. You probably won money, right? One of the few that you uh, I did. profited I off did. of. All right. Harry, is your favorite memory flying back on a private plane from Hawaii and missing the first half of the last year's Super Bowl? Or was there another one? Well, it didn't suck. But I will say this. Listen, I, listen. back when I guess I was a Giants fan, Sims <laughs> beating Denver when he was flawless was great. Bills, Sal, me and you watched Bills versus Giants. You lay the seven, of course, with mm -hmm. the Bills. Lost that one. The Giants were amazing that day. Whitney Houston was great. But I'm going to go Super Bowl 42. I went to the last two Giants wins in Super Bowls. I'm going to go 40, Super Bowl 42 when they knocked off the Patriots from having their perfect season, 17-14. Um, and somehow, some that. way, through how things happened, I got to get on the field after the game. I got to make fun of Spike Lee. Everybody laughed. That was great. Partied with the Giants in their hotel afterwards. Hung out with Eli, Brandon Jacobs, a bunch of other Giants. And and the best thing probably about that night, the biggest shrimp I've ever had in my life, Sal. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Did we miss the game? I mean, Harry, did that bleed into the first quarter? We missed the anthem? <laughs> no. All right, Harry. Everybody else took 20 seconds. You took six minutes. All right, mm. thank you. Uh, all right, listen, but we got this year's game as if there wasn't enough to bet on for the Super Bowl. This time of year brings back one of my favorite betting adjacent events, Super Bowl squares. You see them at parties. They offer the casual fan an opportunity to cash in on big odds. But instead of chasing people around the party, collecting 20 bucks from your buddy's uncle who's in from Massapequa, getting magic marker all over your hands, filling out the grid, Fandle does it all for you. And you can pick which numbers you want. I don't want to get stuck with the dreaded 2-5, then don't. Go to Fandle, pick your numbers, they take care of the rest. Brother Bry, you did some research into this. I, I really love this. You can grab your 3-0, your 3-3, your 3-7. What did you find out through your research? 
Well, I did a whole grid for us. I spent hours and hours all day today doing this. Meanwhile, I probably could have just looked up and it's probably online. I could have found this. But uh, Sal, the, the bet I actually like here in this game is I like zero zero first quarter. And you know why I like that, Sal? When I was doing the research, all right, zero comes up 27% of the time in these quarters, right? Mm-hmm. In the first quarter, zero comes up 40, 46% of the time. 46% of the numbers in that oh. first quarter are zeros. And that's why I'm taking it. The last couple of years were sevens, threes. Uh, but if you look back a couple of years ago, there was three straight first quarters with double zeros. So double oh. zeros here at plus 480, I, I really liked. And yes, I did way too much research on this. And this is cumulative, right? So you go on Fandle, you take the quarter. If you got double zeros, yeah. you win the first quarter, you got 20-20, you could get, you know, you keep stacking it up, right? You still have a, a multiple opportunities to win. Yeah, right? you could do it. You could you don't have to do it just for the first quarter. You could do it for the first half or you could do it for you could do it for the game. I Whole think game. you could do it for any quarter, too. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, Paulie Kidd, what'd you find out? Yeah, so this is great, isn't it? Like now we don't have to fill in those boxes anymore, like you're saying, and you can right. choose your own numbers that you want. It doesn't get any better than this. Brother Bride just hit on some of those stats like he's saying zero. 27 percent basically and seven is hitting at 19 percent sal mm-hmm. uh throughout the years here uh we got 57 super bowls eight scores in each game 456 possible scores so far the zero is hit 121 times the seven is hit 86 times mm-hmm. i'm going to take a final score with the zero for the chiefs the seven for the niners 30 27 chiefs win this game and it pays out a 25 to one for me, Sal. All right. I have something I'm going to go. I'll, I'll piggyback here. Cause we'll end with Harry. Cause I have something, I have a feeling he has something ridiculous. That doesn't make sense, but I'm going to take seven and three. The last Super Bowls, Parley kid had four quarters whose cumulative score ended up seven, three. So if you take San Francisco seven, three, it's plus 600. Take KC seven, three, it's plus five fifty. Ideally first quarter KC, Long opening drive like they did last week, and then 49ers respond with a field goal, and that's that. I don't have to show you the math. 17-3, 17-13, 27-13, 27-23. They all work, all pay out 550 or 6-1. to I love those. All right, Harry, hit us with a whopper here. You weren't wrong, Sal. I got some nonsense here, but let's see how this goes anyways. I'm going to go San Francisco on FanDuel for the game. For the game, this is sixty-five to one. For the for the quarters, sixteen to one. San Francisco six, Kansas City seven. My reasoning behind it: San Francisco has been in seven Super Bowls. A six has been a square number for the final score in four of them. So I'm going to lean towards the six here <laughs> in San Francisco. And on Kansas City's side, five Super Bowls for Kansas City in their history. The final scored numbers have landed one, three five and nine in their games, but not a seven, but not a seven. So give me Kansas city seven, San Francisco six. I don't know what to say. You're using all the previous <laughs> super bowl. Like Ronnie Lott. 60s, you think yeah. it was Ronnie Lott. Is he going to figure into next Sunday's game? And the Bart star game with Kansas city. Yeah. I'm factoring it all in. Okay. All right. Listen, we're, we're <laughs> let's move on from this. We're, we're done waiting around. Hopefully this will make more sense. I already gave you the winning side of the coin toss. We just discussed the best value for the FanDuel squares. Now for the props, these guys are bursting to let loose. Let's start with you, Parley Kid. What's a prop you like next Sunday? Well, you know, so we talked about this on the podcast. Uh, I really like both teams to convert a fourth down conversion at mm. plus 310. 
I liked it even better until I started looking at some of the statistics. Surprisingly, San Fran has only converted like seven fourth downs on the year. The Chiefs 10 on the year. I would, would have assumed it would have been much higher. But, Sal, this is the Super Bowl. More chances are going to be taken, especially on the San Francisco side. So let's face it. Do you trust their kicker on fourth down to make anything more than a 40-yard field goal? I wouldn't. Especially now that Harry has them scoring six. Uh, There's no way he's getting (laughs) No doubt. So he misses an extra point. I don't know. Absolutely. We know what the metrics are saying now, what, what the analytics are saying about all these type of games. Go for it on fourth down. Both teams need to convert here. I think it happens in this Super Bowl at plus 310. All right. I like that. It's a good number. Uh, Harry, all right, we'll go with you now. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, and against all odds, I went with a uh, receiving prop with uh, Travis Kelsey. I'm going to do one right now with Brandon Ayuk for San Francisco to have at least 60 yards receiving. Got a little bit of a price here, Sal, at minus 135, but he averaged 84 during the regular season. Also, he led San Francisco in receptions, targets, and yards during the season. But he is, so far in the playoffs, just third of the Niners in yards. I think I expect him to change that around in the Super Bowl. I think Purdy's going to look to him plenty. Ayuk did eclipse 50 yards or more receiving in all five. All five matches against AFC teams this season. In fact, Ayuk has gone for 50 or more versus AFC AFC teams. Eight of his last nine, and that includes last year's game where he had 82 at home against the Chiefs. All right. If he could do that thing where the ball bounces off the safety's head and he can mm. corral it, like he, that's a that's golden. I love that. Over 60 <laughs> that's, a, that's my Against Kansas City, play. let's do it. That's a football move if I ever saw one. All right, Brother Brian, this is one of your favorites for many, many years. Favorites every year. Shortest touchdown scored under one and a half yards. And it's minus 152. Look, back in the day, you might have got it minus 120, minus 130. I'm surprised, though, now. Uh, Kudos to Fandle for still being minus 152. I'm surprised now some sites don't have this at minus 200. Don't don't say anything. I know. Well, look, I know. It's my my favorite bet every Super Bowl. I go big on this every year. It's hit in four straight Super Bowls, seven of of the last eight Super Bowls. And don't you just see, like, I mean, it seems like McCaffrey gets one or two one-yard touchdowns every game here. So, again, I, I don't know. You know, if if you get a good amount of points, it's pretty much an automatic. Even with not that many yeah. points, I think one of these teams, Pacheco or McCaffrey, get him from a long pass interference in the end zone, throws yeah. it right at the wall. Hey. Plenty of plenty hey. of ways to get this done. All right, listen, these guys are going to stick around, Harry. When we get back, in response to your shameful regular season record, you are going to have to face the cap of consequences. Ah. And if I needed even more things to be excited about later on, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, Michael Irvin, joining us. Cowboys can't be in the Super Bowl. That's not a bad consolation. All that next on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. I've got the not-so-Swifties here with me. Harry, Brother Brian, Darren, the Parley Kid. This year, the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl, but they're not the only ones returning. Fandle is bringing back Rob Gronkowski. Remember him? And the kick of destiny, part two Gronk. 
looking to redeem himself after missing last year. I think he makes it this year. This year, though, fans are going to be able to pick whether he does make it or miss it. Last year, it was like, oh, if he makes it, everyone gets to celebrate. This year, you can pick it, and if you get it right, you get the share of $10 million in bonus bets. And it's got me thinking of other athletes playing a position other than their own or playing in a different sport altogether. We haven't had a two-sport athlete since, I think, Bartolo Colon, pitcher, entered the competitive eating world. So let's do this draft style. We're going to go three rounds, fantasy, athlete, sports swaps. I'm the host, so I'm going to go first. With the first pick overall, I'm going Patrick Mahomes as a pitcher. Now, this is a little bit cheating because he did play in high school. He did play a little pitcher. I heard an interview with his father when he talked about how he used to throw 95, 96 miles an hour. He was primarily a shortstop or a center fielder, but I would love to see him as a major league pitcher. I think he'd be dazzling. His release would be from all angles. He'd even have like a little shovel pitch, which would confuse the hell out of uh, batters. Mets should take him right now. Come on, Patrick. Sign up in New York. We'll take you from March to August, whatever we need you, do it. Patrick Mahomes, pitcher. Parley Kid, what do you got? So with my first pick, I'm taking one of my favorite athletes of all time, Tony Romo. Maybe the most underrated athlete of all time. We know South yeah. injuries derailed his Hall of Fame uh, football career. Great golfer, but South, some people don't know how good he was in basketball. All state in Wisconsin averaged mm-hmm. 24, 9, and 5 in his senior year. Played in the same division as Karan Butler, an excellent NBA player himself, who said Tony Romo could have easily played in the NBA. Is there a better all-around athlete than Tony Romo? I don't think so. I'd love to see him. Uh, wish I could have seen him play a little I love NBA it. basketball. Power forward for the Knicks, maybe. All right. Uh, Brian, I think you're going quarterback football basketball here too, right? Yeah, look, I'm cheating here. I'm going with Charlie Ward to play in the NFL. But how great would it be to to see Charlie Ward play in today's NFL, especially? I think he would be a top quarterback right Mm -hmm. now. And look, back then when he was playing, nobody liked mobile quarterbacks, right? So Charlie Ward never got a chance. And just to show how good of an athlete Charlie Ward was. I mean, he had a good NBA career with the Knicks as a point guard, great defender, good three-point shooter. This guy was drafted in baseball. But look, the Heisman Trophy winner would have been a phenomenal quarterback in today's NFL. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sad we never got to see it. All right. Harry, try not to infuriate us too much. What are you going with here? One of my favorites growing up, Sal. I'm going to go Tom Glavin. Oh. When it was with the Bra- 305 wins with the Braves, but grew up in Massachusetts, grew up a hockey guy, not a baseball guy. And he was actually drafted 69th overall in the 1984 NHL draft. Crazy that he was drafted five rounds, five rounds ahead of Luke Robitaille, who was a Hall of Famer, Hmm. and two rounds ahead of Brett Hall, who was an all-timer. Interesting. All right, that's a good one. I I, I actually didn't know that. I learned something. Harry, you said something, and I learned something as a result. Isn't that something else? You know what? We're going to give you the next pick. What are the odds on that? We're doing it snake style, so go (laughs) ahead. Start off the second round. Okay, second, I'm going to go. How about this? How about LeBron James playing football as a tight end? You got a mm-hmm. 6'9", 260-pound guy with great hands, even though he's 39 years old, whether in his prime or now, hitting him in stride on a, on a slant, try bringing him down, right? I've never, ever heard that before. Okay, that would be interesting. LeBron James is a tight end. All right, Bri, who's your second-round pick? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Ichiro 
but I'm mm. taking him to be a pitcher, Sal, just to change positions. Like, look, imagine if Ichiro did what Otani was doing, right? I feel like Ichiro would be even more beloved, right? Look, the guy yeah. was tiny. I mean, he might have been 410. I don't even know, but just had a rocket of an arm. And look, when he was playing, he, uh, this is how hard Ichiro threw. There's stories of him, right? When he was 48 years old, he threw out yeah. the first pitch of a game and threw 94 miles per hour as mm. a 48 year old. Just imagine him. I mean, back 94 is a lot when he was playing baseball. I mean, if, yeah. if he was p- pitching, then he'd be throwing upper 90s, which would have been phenomenal. And I looked it up. He's not 4'10". He's 4'11". So you're giving him, uh, <laughs> you've got to give him a little more credit there. All right, Paulie Kidd, your second pick. Yeah, forget about Charlie Ward with uh, what Brother Bry was talking about. Let's talk about Allen Iverson here, Sal, as a junior quarterback in the state of Virginia threw for 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, rushed for 780 with 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions, five kicks returned for touchdowns as a junior. Some call him the greatest football player ever in the state of Virginia. He himself says he probably would have been a better football player than basketball player, and he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You talk about uh, Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson, that was Allen Iverson, Sal. He wow. would have dazzled in today's NFL. Imagine if he quarterback for the the Eagles. Oh man, he would be the most beloved. They loved him anywhere there in Philly. If he did both, point guard and quarterback, mm-hmm. pretty good. All right, my second round pick, Zion Williamson as a horse jockey. Yes, I said it. Now the average jockey weighs how much, Harry? About one sixteen. Oh, well, he knew that exactly. All right. Zion <laughs> tips the scales at 264 pounds, so he's a little bit heavy for this, but I want to see him in the Kentucky Derby. He's a bench player. He's always hurt, so he's used to sitting. So just grab the reins and figure out the rest. And that horse, whoever led him across the finish line, that horse would be the greatest. Forget about Secretariat. Any horse riding with Zion Williamson leaning on you, smothering on you, that's the greatest horse of all time. I need to see Zion in the Kentucky Derby. Let's do it. All right. Uh, third round. I'll start us off here. Aaron Rodgers in the UFC. Six foot two, 225 pounds, tough as they come. Um, you know, afraid of a needle doesn't mean he's afraid of John Jabones Jones or Stipe or anyone like that. Get in the ring, A-Rod. Get in there. We have faith in you. You can handle those dudes. In fact, I'm so confident I will donate $50,000 to whatever charity of your choice if you get in there with one of these UFC heavyweights and just give them what you got, man. You're the tough guy. Step in the ring. Make the commitment. You have your pal Joe Rogan ringside rooting you on. Do it, A-Rod. What could go wrong? Paulie Kitt, third round pick. Third round pick, Sal, the great Tom Brady, who was an 18th round pick of the Montreal Expos. Oh. Uh, some uh, Most scouts say he would have been a second or third round pick had he not really decided or was talking about going to Michigan to play football. Kevin Malone, the GM of the Expos at the time, said could have been an all-star catcher in the big leagues. Lefty hitting catcher, Sal. Must have had a cannon of an arm, of course, behind the plate. And of course, and as well, very smart, right? Very cerebral. Tom Brady would have been a great baseball player. Hey, if Joe Maurer could have made the Hall of Fame, Brady could have made it too. <laughs> yeah, but how much would that suck? I mean, we'd never have to be able to talk about anybody else but Brady if he was a two-sport star, true. right, Bry? I mean, yeah. come on. 
Well, what if he was just playing baseball and not football? Maybe yeah, that's, that's good. You know, that would have yeah, been better yeah, if we could take it fine. all back. Erase it. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian, third round pick. Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook in soccer. So, you know, USA always gets crapped on, right, in soccer for, for saying our best athletes are playing other sports. And this certainly is the case with Russell Westbrook, right? Whether you loved him or not as a basketball player, definitely one of the greatest athletes ever on the basketball court. And um, just imagine what he would do on a soccer field. 6'4", that quickness, that speed just would be a phenomenal player. All right. You, uh, listen, I've said it before. You can't win a soccer championship with Russell Westbrook. You can't. No <laughs> team. No team can do it. Uh, Harry, go ahead. Finish I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts as a professional bowler. So growing up in the 80s, <laughs> I used to watch bowling with my grandfather. And I loved it. And I still do love it. And I can watch it. I know your, your guy Rob Stone does a great job announcing yeah. uh, um uh, bowling when it's on, and I'm going to tell you, Mookie Betts, because he's a avid bowler, mm-hmm. and he's bowled a 300 game. Actually, the day after his 30th birthday, I'd watch Mookie Betts in the professional bowling tour anytime. Wow, yeah, I think he. Someone interviewed him, and I think he said he might like like it more than baseball or something. Mm. I don't. He wouldn't commit to it one way or another. Real quick, does Gronk make the kick? I'm going to say yes, Harry. Since he missed it, I'm going to say yes as well. 25 yards, Bry. Yes, definitely. Polly Kid? So we could all make a 25-yarder. Gronk should be able to make it this time. Absolutely. Well, that's bad news for Gronk. I don't think we've ever been on the same page and been right. All right, before I let you guys go, Harry, your picks really set the regular season on fire, specifically a, a dumpster fire. Currently, in total, you're 14 games below 500. What happened? You was great the last two years. Are you playing injured? Are we going to find out? Look, I don't know. I, I, one of those things, Sal. Just one of those years where it just didn't all put. I'll. I didn't put anything together. I, and by the way, all those Can't bad even put a calls, sentence together. Yeah, all, I know. Those, all those, bad, <laughs> all those bad calls in the NFL. They all went against me. All right, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Anyway, here's what we're going to do. Next week, you're going to be with me in Vegas on Radio Rose. So what better time to pay off the cap of consequences when you're surrounded by former players and media? So here are some options going into the hat. I have baby face Joel Solomon's hat here. Now, Harry, I'm going to read them off, and then I'm going to put them in the hat, okay? Okay. One of them, Radio Rowboat. Harry in a bathing suit wearing inflatable water wings sitting in a kiddie pool must sit in water for one hour with a sign next to him that says, ask me about my terrible record. That's pretty good. Mm. <laughs> that? uh, over underwear, Harry must walk around media day with his underwear over his pants. He holds an embarrassing sign and asks people to sign his underwear. That's pretty good. Mm. Right? Nothing? Okay. You don't care about okay. that? Okay. Hungry, hungry Harry. Harry wasn't able to finish these seasons strong, but he is going to be finishing people's meals. He walks around Radio Row, asks people if he can eat the rest of their food. Uh, well, I point out a bag of chips. Uh, Harry goes and he must eat the food of the player and yell interception. Okay? And uh, ter- Terrifying Taylor. Harry approaches former and current players on Radio Row and utters a bizarre Taylor Swift lyric and, and then asks for a hug. I'd have to learn some lyrics first, but I get it. That's all right. We'll get you there. All right. Um, So, okay. Well, so now I'm going to put these in the hat here. Well, you know what, Harry, I really wish you were here in person for this. I'd love to see the anguish on your face, like just uh, right by mine here. But anyway, because you're not, you're here doing it remote. We will uh, pick out of the hat here. And all right, I'll mix it up real good. Harry, you nervous? You're slow as that's for sure. 
Not nervous because I'm here. I'm oh, you're oh, right. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, all right. Look, there he is. All right, Harry. I'm going to pick it. He is here, guys. Oh, Isn't that a boy. great surprise? See how fast I am? All right. Really, really quick. I had no no idea what to what to allow for The here. food thing wouldn't be so bad. All right, let's go. Let's reach in. And terrifying Taylor. Harry approaches former current players on Radio Row and utters a bizarre Taylor Swift lyric and then asks for a hug. I can Perfect. do that. I think that's going to be great. <laughs> All right. It's going to be like that. Wow. <laughs> That'll be gone. Is that the one you wanted to I'll do? I'll do it. That's fine. Let's do it. Guys, you happy with that? That should be good, right? That's a good one. I wanted the food, but I'm good with that. I'm good with I that. I hope there's a James Harrison type that just, just elbows him in the jaw and lays him out. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, D3. All right. We have to take another break, but I've got 88 reasons why you should stick around. When we return, we've got Michael Irvin. I offer the playmaker an opportunity to become the Cowboys GM. Which moves does he make maybe he fires Jerry who knows you'll know because it's all next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube cars can be a big investment so it's important to take care of them I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it you know how you take care of a car you take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Hey, as we gear up for next week's Super Bowl, we had to. We absolutely had to bring in one of the best of the game's biggest stage. He's got a million-dollar smile and $88 million hands and three of the fingers on those hands. Proudly both Super Bowl rings. You could see him on an eight-and-a-half-hour edition of NFL Game Day morning next Sunday Starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time on NFL Network, Hall of Famer from your Dallas Cowboys, the playmaker, the great Michael Irvin is here. What's happening, Michael? Now, how are you, man? Uh, you know, hey, everything's good, man. I'm looking forward to a great Super Bowl. It's not as great as I wanted it to be with the Dallas Cowboys in it, but it will be a great rematch because we got two great teams. I'm with you, and we'll get to that game in a second if you don't mind, but I am warning you, pal, as a Cowboys fan, this is going to be part interview and mostly therapy for me. I mean, I had such high hopes for this Cowboys team, and I'm still not over that Green Bay loss. Now, you said after the game, you and I, I, uh, correct, if I misquote you, I apologize, but I think you said all they asses got to go. Which asses were you specifically speaking of? (laughs) Hey, you know why they say do not make decisions in the emotional state. <laughs> yes. I felt for the whole city. I felt for all the Cowboys Nation, all the Cowboys fans, everybody, because it, it felt like the Jimmy Johnson's curse was lived. It was this it was going to be our year. It worked out. We didn't have to see San Fran until the championship game. But when you come out and it acts like, I, I said in that same video, 
every other damn NFL team defended the city, their fan base, their team, and their honor, except the Dallas Cowboys. That was that. It was mind boggling, man. I, I, I was crushed. I was crushed, and I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I, I can't do shit about it. You no, I was praying. <laughs> Different story. Okay, but let's say you could do something about it. Let's say Jerry came to you and said, Michael, you're a huge part of the legacy of this team and the organization, and you continue to be a good fan, uh, backing us 100% every week. I give up as GM. I try to figure it out. I can't. I'm letting you take over. What are you going to do? What are a couple of choices, a couple of decisions you make right off the bat? I'll tell you what, what, what you go, what you try to do, the two things I do. I go and try to bring in someone that has and someone that's great, that has a great hunger and has. I'll go with this team as is. And I'll tell you what I mean. I'll go look into a, someone that has, like a Mike Evans, who's won a championship with Tom Brady, who knows the path to get there, raised up even uh, Baker Mayfield. Every quarterback he's had, he's put up a thousand yards. You can't miss with him. And then go and dig one out with great hunger who hasn't, like a, a Derrick Henry. Works come out with him and put him in the backfield. Now, since you didn't improve me in coaching, at least I know you improved me in talent. Because Mike Evans is what I call an area code receiver. And Dallas don't really have one of those. One of those guys, just throw it up in the area code and he'll catch it. You know what I'm saying? We need one of those guys. And, and, and you saw what they were like without a hammer like Ezekiel last year. One guy who did, didn't disappoint, C.D. Lamb. Outstanding year, over 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns. Dak was up there for a while for MVP. But I'm really not sure the Cowboys win more than eight games without CD. Now, my cousin Jimmy Kimmel had you on the show and he asked you point blank if it bothers you that CD wears number 88. And this is right before he beat your regular season record for catches. And you said you loved it. And you know what? When you said it, I believed you. I don't think I'd believe anyone else saying that. But when you say it, it makes sense. <laughs> right. Right. Because he's carrying the legacy. It's not, oh, well, CD Lamb broke my record. He carried the 88 legacy. And since, you know, so we would group text all the time and we stay in touch, you know, Drew Pearson, uh, Dez Bryant, CeeDee Lamb, myself, and of course, our honorary 88 club, which is post Malone, right? So it's more of a game. We're, both, we're, we're texting each other and telling them good luck. And we want to go set that record. And we end every text with Sal, take this. Go take 88 to new heights. Heights that has never been seen before. That's how you create great legacies. So CD is doing his part in the 88 legacy. The only joke of letting us down is the Dallas Cowboys. Because yeah. every other day, you, you're supposed to put your championship on the table, too. That's all we're saying. I love that there's an 88 text chain. That has to be the greatest single number text chain in all of sports history, <laughs> right? I, 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 I put that up there against anyone. I can't even think of anyone right now, but that's that's tremendous. I mean, I wonder how many, maybe it ends with CD, but could there be more? How many 88s could get on that chain? Six or seven? Well, well right now, it's all, uh, 
those Cowboy 88. But listen, now, you continue to take it and take it to new heights. And I love it. I want to see him. We, I, we talked about it on the text. I wanted him to take it. No, he ain't ever got MVP of a Super Bowl. And I thought this would have been a great year for him to get that in. Oh, yeah. that's good thinking. Yeah. I yeah. wore 23 in high school, my brief time as a uh, uh, backup safety in high school. I'm not on a text chain with Michael Jordan, though. It's very but, sad. But, I don't know why. I can't get it together. Jordan, um, LeBron, you ain't got all the more text That's right, LeBron. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about you and Jimmy uh, specifically this week, the week off uh, between the Super Bowl and the conference championship game. I, I looked it up. In your Super Bowl years, you had two weeks off between the championship game and the Super Bowl for two of those years, 93 and 96. Is that right? And then 94, you only had one week. Um, was Jimmy worried? He must have been worried sick that something outlandish would happen in the two weeks off, right? That didn't help the Cowboys, or at least that Cowboys team. No, but Jimmy, Jimmy knew. Jimmy was a brilliant man in his sense. Now. Yeah. He knew we were kids, we were young. And, and in order to get the focus, sometimes you got to get some mess out or you'll be wondering about it. So, so Jimmy would practice us pretty good on the open week and, and then keep us pretty tight through that open weekend. But we would go to the Super Bowl City Sunday before. Everybody else comes in Monday. We go in Sunday and we have, and we have Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Tuesday, when you come back in, it's over. Jimmy would also say, no wives for the first few days. <laughs> just the players. Just the players. Yeah, probably though, for those two days that uh, you said you had off from the, the wives were probably more nervous than the coaches for what the right, hell went right, down. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Right. So we, once we hit the city, too, you know, Sunday, we hit City Hall. The first one we passed it in, I remember we crashed, I think of a face party. They were doing like some party, you know, wrapping party or whatever, man. And we crashed. By that time, we were drunk, you know, we were loud as I don't know what. And they were like, down in the back, down in the back, don't disturb the show. We are the show. That's the ball. What are you talking that was the greatest team. Listen, your hands, you're waving them around. They still look good. And the Chiefs, uh, I get it. They look great. Uh, and they didn't drop a lot of balls, which was their MO this year. Could they sign you? Could you? You could have that Vegas Super Bowl experience. Oh. I think Michael Irvin get in there, make a few no, catches no, no. in the game. No? no, no. Listen, I tell people all the time. Look, you press the up. But let me tell you, incredible style. It really is. What we're witnessing with Patrick Mahomes, it's just incredible. It's incredible the way this dude plays football at that quarterback position and how he lifts teams. I was shocked that, that, that Travis Kelsey called 11 for 11 passes. We knew that that's, a, that's the best way they move the football. And you let him catch 11 for 11. That's, that, that's, that, was, that, was, that was crazy for Baltimore to let that happen. Yeah, he really is something. And isn't it a shame Mahomes can't just do there and be be great and play football? Now he has to be compared to, well, how many more before he gets to Brady? I can't, you know, we, we can't honor him yet until he gets to that. It's like, it's craziness, right? That we have to rank these guys. Yeah, yeah, but but, but the talent has always been the deciding factor of greatness, and the needle has continued to move. I remember when you know it was yeah you know, four championships, so you had to win at least two to get in the conversation. 
You know right. what I'm saying? Jomo had four. Terry Bradshaw had four. So now you need two years conversation. And I, I remember talking about that over with the Cowboys. We got you three. We get Troy to accomplish, you know. So, so it's still that way. It's still that way. But what's different with Patrick Mahomes is this greatness is undeniable to the eye game. Brilliant. Yeah, man, he won those games. He made great plays. He made key plays. But this dude making key plays, dynamic plays, incredible plays. Oh, my God, what the hell was that kind of play? Are you serious? Kind of it's, it's, it's insane what he's doing, man. He, he, it's insane what he's doing. You can make a case that he's the greatest quarterback right now. Oh boy, I would love for you to play in the Super Bowl in Vegas. But not, then I was thinking how much it must have sucked for you. You have uh, like like 37 siblings or something, probably all asking you. How many people asked you for tickets on the Super Bowl? Everybody. Like, but Jerry everybody. always took care of me, man. Jerry <laughs> always took care of me. But, but oh my God, these jokers. These jokers, you Irvish, man. Let me tell you something. When I got in the Hall of Fame, I swear to you, they, had, they said to me, Michael, you know what we want to do? I swear I'll never forget this. They said, we're thinking about allowing you, that's such a big family, to have the first Hall of Fame dinner in the bus room with all the bus. So I set that up for my family. I was, oh my God. I started thinking about them Florida Irvings coming in that room and saying, Dan Marino, put them up, walking up. Hey, I love the Florida Irvins. That sounds like a great reality show just right there the Flo- involving the Florida Irvins. That's terrific. All right, Michael. Hey, you could follow him on X at Michael Irvin 88. See him on the NFL network for eight and a half hours next Sunday. How are you going to stay awake, Michael? Eight and a half. That's good. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's always great. I, we, we get in we get in the stadiums early enough that some, nobody's there, and then we yeah. watch everybody flood in. It really is. It's a long day, but it's always memorable and beautiful. I look forward to it. Look forward to hearing your insight. Michael Irvin, thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely, buddy. Good see you, buddy. All right. We'll be right back with more Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, that does it for Cousin Sal's winning weekend. My thanks again to Michael Irvin, who was just inducted into our Ring of Honor. Yes, I have that kind of power. And also to the D3, Brother Bry, Darren, and Harry, who will be joining me next week in Vegas on Radio Row to pay off his cap of consequences. There, we'll cover every single Super Bowl prop bet that's legally offered. At least we're going to try Thank you to all of you watching and listening. Please remember, though, you may feel like an underdog, but just know you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping! Thank you, thank you.